Your parents raised you, they financed your childhood, and maybe even supported you through college or med school. It's about time you return the favor, don't you think? Well, my next guest shares how to simplify talking to your parents about money. So let's go. Residency can be such a letdown when it comes to building your financial foundation, but it truly doesn't have to be that way. If you're a physician wanting to take control over your financial future and take back the freedom you deserve, come hang out with this money nerd. No long hours or sleepless nights, just you, me, and the Financial Residency Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Inman, and welcome back to the show. You know, talking about money is really hard for some of us. And I know this because a few of you are clients of mine, and sometimes it's even hard for you to talk about your finances with me, let alone your family. When it comes to your parents, it's even more of a struggle to have those talks about money because no one honestly wants to think about a time where we won't have our parents in our lives. That's why my next guest, Cameron Huddleston, author of the new book, Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk, which, by the way, she may or may not have dedicated a full chapter on my experience with the subject, but I think she is the perfect person to have on to discuss having money talks with our parents. Her insights can be found on Business Insider, Fortune, Chicago Tribune, MSN, Go Banking Rates, and the list goes on. I could keep going for like five more minutes. She's amazing. And this is a really tough topic, but I think it's a super fun show. So let's jump right in and talk with Cameron. Cameron, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. No, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. I think we're going to be talking about something that is so important, and I've hinted at it a few times on the show. It's definitely become prevalent as we do these financial health assessments on Fridays, but we are going to be talking today all around the actual talk with your parents and money. And I think it is a really important talk. And you're actually writing a book that I've teased out in in the intro here on it. I think it is just so important to go through. So why is it important to talk to your parents around money? Well, first, I would say that most people are not having these conversations. You know, surveys have found that a majority of adult children have not had detailed conversations with their parents about their finances. Some of the key reasons are because they don't realize it's an important topic to discuss, or they're afraid to have the conversation, or they think that these conversations don't need to happen until your parent is already having health issues or already into retirement. And that could not be a more worse time to talk to your parents about their finances. You do not want to wait until there is an emergency because, you know, all of your doctor listeners will know, I mean, people do not act rationally in emergencies. You know, there's going to be a lot of stress. Emotions are running high. The last thing you want to do is say, okay, mom and dad, you just went into the hospital because you had a medical emergency. You need to tell me how I'm going to pay your bills for you. That's not what they're thinking about. You need to have these conversations sooner rather than later when your parents are in good health ideally before they even retire, or at least when they're in their early retirement, when everyone is calm, when the conversation isn't rushed, when the conversation isn't necessary because an emergency is happening. And if you have these conversations sooner rather than later, it's going to allow you to plan, to come up with a plan, to deal with an emergency, 
to make sure your parents have all of the legal documents they need, especially power of attorney, healthcare power of attorney, so that if something happens to them, there has been someone designated to step in and manage their finances and make healthcare decisions for them. The thing is too, is that by starting these conversations sooner rather than later, sometimes it can take a long time to get your parents to open up to the idea of revealing any financial information to you. So honestly, it can take months, it can take years. So you want to start sooner because if you're waiting till they're already, you know, well into retirement, they're getting older, they're starting to have issues, you know, they might not be willing to talk to you and you don't get anything out of them. And so mm-hmm. starting these conversations sooner rather than later is the ideal way to approach this. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, most people are very happy to talk to me around finances, even if I don't bring up the conversation because, oh, you're a planner. Let me tell you X, Y, Z. So it's a little easier for me to have the conversation just because I do this all day, every day, but it is not an easy conversation to have. It was hard for me to have it with my parents. I know that it was hard for my mom to have it with her parents. It's a tough conversation. And you said so many great things. That was like such an amazing answer. I almost want to be like, and we're done because that was awesome. (laughs) Uh, But there's so much more you need to know. Oh, there's so much more. I mean, there's a reason why there's a whole book on it, right? So people acting irrationally, that's the whole fundamentals around the market, right? People trying to time the market, active investing versus passive investing. What happens when it's your health, right? Like everyone shaking their head, like, yeah, we get it. You know, people are not just in their right mind when things are happening. You said afraid, maybe go a little bit more into like people being afraid to have that conversation or how to have that conversation. So the reason people are afraid is because they think it's going to be awkward. They think that maybe their parents are going to get mad at them for bringing up this topic. They think their parents are going to tell them you're being nosy. They think their parents are going to say, why are you asking me this? Are you trying to find out how much money I'm going to leave you? There are a lot of different reasons that people are afraid to have this conversation. And the key thing to remember here is that there is a very good chance that you are building it up in your head to be something worse than it is actually going to be. You're telling yourself, oh my gosh, my parents, they think money is a taboo topic. There's no way they're ever going to discuss this with me. It is true that there will be some parents who will resist you know, any effort that you make, there will be some, but if you have a good relationship with your parents, even if you have a mediocre relationship with your parents, if you come to them and tell them, mom and dad, you took such great care of me when I was growing up. I want to be able to return that favor. I want to make sure that you get the care you need. If you ever need care, I want to make sure that we carry out all your wishes. I want to make sure that you are comfortable in retirement. I want to make sure that as you age, you are living the life that you want. In order to do that, though, in order to make sure that I can help you to make sure that we can plan to make sure everything goes smoothly, I'm going to need some information for you. And I understand that this might be a little bit difficult for you. Maybe we've never talked about money before. But mom and dad, I want to be able to help you. And if we have this conversation, it's going to give us all peace of mind. We can be prepared. We can all get on the same page. I can know what you expect of me. You might learn what I am willing and able to do to help you out. It doesn't have to be that scary. It really doesn't. And I really think 
you know, if you're worried that mom and dad are going to blow up and storm out of the room, that's probably not going to happen. These are your parents. They love you. They're most likely going to love you no matter what, unless you do something absolutely horrible. But asking them about their finances is not something that is absolutely horrible. They might be a little bit uncomfortable initially, but if you let them know that you are looking out for their best interest, this has nothing to do with you. You don't want to know what you're getting, you know, when they die. You don't want to know, you know, whether they're going to stay in their house and the family home. No, this is all about them. And as long as you make that clear that you want to have this conversation because you're looking out for their best interest, most likely they will be willing to talk to you. Now, they might not open up right away. It might take a couple of tries, a couple of attempts, a couple of different approaches. But if they see that you are really caring and concerned about them, they should open up. You know, and in fact, your parents might have been meaning to have this conversation with you and they'll say, you know what? I'm glad you brought this up. I've been meaning to talk to you about it. I just haven't gotten around to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think also the atmosphere in which you bring it up is a really big deal. You don't bring it up in front of like, hey, this is like the Thanksgiving dinner. And you're like, oh, by the way, mom and dad, like in front of everyone, like exactly. you don't want to make it awkward. I mean, it could be awkward. And you said, you know, they're going to, you know, maybe blow up at you and who cares? Like you need to know it. You need to help them. And if the first try doesn't work out well, just keep trying because you're going to ultimately need to know what's going on because let's say, you know, parents happily married and. Uh, your dad ends up falling ill, your mom is not going to know what's going on, you know, not just with his health, but the finances and the bills and everything else, or vice versa, right? Your your dad's there and your mom gets ill. He's not going to know really what's going on or be in the right mind to think of it. You need to be there maybe to, to have a helping hand. Sometimes they might even need to move in with you. And it'd be really nice to know if that was their plan all along. So you can prepare your own finances or your living arrangements ahead of time because yes. you don't want to be surprised. I know your finances could be impacted. There was a survey that Fidelity did that found that a majority, an overwhelming majority of parents expect their children to be involved in their financial lives as they age, to be the executor of their will, to be their caregiver. But the thing is, they interviewed their children and most of the children did not realize that their parents had these expectations. You know, so if your parents are counting on you to be involved in their financial lives as you age, don't you want to know, like you said, Ryan, don't you want to know now rather than when it's happening so that you can prepare your own finances? You know, maybe, like you said, mom and dad are going to end up having to move in with you. You know, you want to have these conversations so that you don't end up downsizing when the kids go off to college because now mom and dad have to move in or Mom and dad have no money to pay for long-term care. They don't have long-term care insurance. They have no way to afford it. If something happens, they're counting on you. And you need to know this because this might mean that you have to stop working to care for a parent. And if you're not prepared for that financially, I mean, it could devastate your finances. Yeah. From a very small level, it's it's planning ahead. So we talked on the show about like, you know, if you're going to travel and spend $12,000 a year in travel, then $1,000 every month needs to be put aside for this. It's no different than that. Just a lot bigger numbers is the way I would kind of like really grossly look at this. And, you know, you need to understand that if your parents are going to be depending on you, whether it's 
money or time. And here's the kicker is like time is your most precious resource. So while you obviously want to spend time with family, you know, that might make it where you have to cut back hours and shifts and do different things. And that will greatly impact your finances. Cameron, when you were like interviewing, you know, probably hundreds of people and, and writing this book, did you find anything different around like culturally? Cause I know some cultures, they expect their kids to just take care of them. That's the unspoken thing. It doesn't matter what happens or what's said, like that's the way. Did you come across anything around that? Or is that maybe what that fidelity survey was kind of talking about? You know, I'm glad you brought that up because that is one thing, you know, that I was, that I kind of learned along the way. I mean, I knew it, but obviously it was something that was pointed out. Like you said, in some cultures, you know, you care for your parents and you have extended family and it is expected of you and you make any sacrifice that you have to, to be able to provide that sort of care. You know, I did interview some people of Hispanic descent and, you know, they're certainly expecting to have to help out with their parents because that is what is expected of them as children. You know, that's what you do. And so it's certainly important if you are in that situation. I mean, anyone should be having these conversations. But if you know that your parents are counting on you, start talking to them, you know, about how you're going to provide that care. You know, you might want to talk about whether they would consider any sort of outside care. You know, mom and dad, I have young kids. I have to work. Maybe would you consider allowing me to hire anyone to help out? Would you be okay if we use like an adult daycare service to help you if you needed help? Just bringing these things up, you know, it might not be, you know, traditionally accepted in your community, but you never know. Your parents might say, yeah, I get it. I see that you have these small children or you have these, you know, a job that's very important to you and you might not have the time. So just having these conversations can help you get a better idea of what your parents expect of you and what they know that you can provide for them. You know, I think what's interesting too, some of the people I interviewed, they're young, they're millennials, and they are already bracing themselves for the fact that they are going to have to help support their parents as they age because their parents have made a lot of financial mistakes along the way. That's fascinating because most people think it's the other way around currently. Yes. Right? Yes. And there are plenty of baby boomers who are not in a good position financially because they have been supporting their kids for too long. But there are, you know, some very financially savvy millennials out there who are setting aside money, you know, like an emergency fund for their parents care as they age, because, you know, maybe their parents have not been too open about their finances, but certainly they've had some conversations. They've got some clues that mom and dad aren't doing well or just mom isn't doing well. And so they're trying to prepare themselves for having to deal with the situation. Yeah. We have several clients that actually send money every month to their parents right now. And they're less than five years out of training. So like, don't think that, you know, this isn't you yet because your parents aren't in trouble. We've seen lots of things where either parents fall ill, they need care, or one parent dies and the other one now needs help. They need to move in. They might be perfectly healthy, but they shouldn't be six states over. Uh, They might need to be a lot closer. And that might mean you might see a lot more of them, which is a great thing, but that also might mean care. I know like just in my family, both my grandpa and my grandma both had an Alzheimer's. So like, and I know my grandma is 94 and refuses to have anyone help her. And it makes it very tough on my mom and, and my uncles to take care of her. But now I'm thinking, 
well, that's two. And I don't know if it's hereditary or not. I'm, I'm not a doctor, but <laughs> I'm kind of thinking like, Hey, like if this happens to my mom or my dad, like, what do I need to do? How do I need to make, you know, those granted, I, I think my parents are perfectly fine financially. It's not the money on this. And you know, a lot of probably what you talk about in the book and just in this interview, you know, is the money related, but really it's time. Like how much of your time is allocated and who's taking care of who and the expectations. And there's a lot that goes into, I mean, there's so much that goes into it. I was curious though, Cameron, like when you were doing this, what was the most common way to bring up the conversation? I know the ways that I've brought it up or other people have have done it, but I was curious, like what was, what was the most common way that uh, this happens. One of the best ways to open the door to these conversations is to use a story. And if you don't have a friend or a colleague story you could share, you can, you know, use a story that you've heard on the radio, on the TV, you've read about in an article. And so uh, just to give you an example, you know, say mm-hmm. your colleague had a parent who died and the parent died without a will And then the family members who were left behind have been duking it out in the courtroom over who gets what. There's your story. Mom and dad, I have this friend and it's been really tough for, you know, him and his siblings and other family members because they're all in court arguing over who gets what because his dad died without a will, you know, and I really want to make sure we never end up in a situation like that. I really want to know, you know, do you have a will? It doesn't matter to me what I get. I just want to make sure you have things in writing so that your wishes are fulfilled. They might say, well, you know, I don't need a will because I don't have much. I I get it. You know, you don't have to be rich to have a will. If you don't put it in writing, state law is going to decide who gets what. A judge is going to decide, you know, mom and dad, do you want a judge you've never met deciding who gets what, your car, your house, you know, what little assets you have? Do you really want someone else you've never even met making those decisions? That's why I think we should make sure that you have a will or a living trust. So using a story like that can open the door to a conversation about estate planning. You could talk about a a friend who had to stop working to take care of a parent. It can help start a conversation about long-term care planning. Or maybe you talk about a friend whose father died and the mother was, you know, left alone. She's a widow and the children were very concerned about, you know, where mom should live and the kids had not gotten on the page, you know, on the same page beforehand. And there was some arguing about what they should do with mom. And, you know, they made some hasty decisions that weren't the right decisions. And just tell your parents, you know, we should plan for these things now. If something happens to one of you, what can we put in place to make sure the other one is still in a good place, you know, financially, safety wise with the house, with their care? There are so many stories out there. And if you don't have one, you can make one up. I don't want you to feel bad about lying because don't think of it as a lie. Think of it as a way to open the door to a very important conversation. If the story approach doesn't work and you might need to use a variety, there are other ways to do it too. You can talk about what if scenarios, or you can talk about your own financial planning experience. You know, mom and dad, I just met with a financial planner. I just met with an attorney. We updated all of our legal documents or we drafted a will and a power of attorney. Have you done this? Maybe you want the name of my attorney or maybe you want the name of my financial planner or I just updated my will and I want you to know where it is so you can find it. Where is yours in case I need to find it or where are your power of attorney documents in case I need to find them? You know, you can use your own experiences to open the door to conversations. Some people listening are like, "Uh uh-oh, 
wait, I got to go do this too. Yes, you and, need to do it and too. And they've heard it a thousand times for me and Casey and I joke all the time on our Friday shows where we're saying most people don't have estate planning. I'd say nine out of 10 new clients that come on with us don't have estate planning, anything done for it, haven't <gasps> thought about it. And you know, some of them have small kids and it's like, this isn't even for you at this point. This is for your kids to figure out what's going on. So, you know, again, you're getting kind of whacked over the head. Yeah, everyone go get your estate planning done and use that as an experience and say, Hey, I just went and did this. This was interesting. Probably not going to be fun. So I can't tell you to tell them it's fun. Um, <laughs> as much as I want to say, like meeting with my estate planning attorney is like super fun. It's not the most fun in the world, especially it's a hard thing to talk about, but it's necessary. It's, it's absolutely necessary. And, you know, I think when you do have those conversations, you don't try to eat the whole elephant at one sitting. You take it piece by piece, right? So, hey, we did this. And do you have this in place? Awesome. Maybe a week, a month, three months later, it doesn't matter, get it done. But you know, you can take some time in between, have the conversation again. Hey, I was thinking about XYZ. Are you guys okay for retirement? Or is everything looking healthy? Or do you know where everything is at? Do an inventory we do for clients mind maps. If you don't know what a mind map is, just punch it in Google and you'll see. But it's essentially a visual way of representing data. And that will allow you to essentially put all your finances on one sheet of paper. You could literally go to your parents and say, hey, I did this really cool exercise. I should probably do like a show or blog or something on this so you guys can have some resource uh, <laughs> on it. But, you know, probably a, a post. I'll, I'll probably do a blog post on this. But, you know, then you can walk through and go like, look at what I did. Do you guys have everything in one place? Would you like to do it with me? And then you literally open up my map software is free for like very minimal use. You can do this stuff for free and just have a really good open conversation. In fact, you know what I'll do, Cameron, is I'll put it in the Facebook group, a copy of kind of the mind map template that you all can use. And you obviously have to go get the software. Um, I'll just put a PDF of it, but you will be able to see exactly what we essentially go through with planning clients and do it for yourself and then do it for your parents. And that'll be a really easy way and fun way to talk about it. But again, don't do it all at once because you're going to get tired. They're going to get tired. And the longer you go, the more chance it could blow up in your face. I think. So I have a resource too that your listeners oh, even could better. use. So I do have one whole chapter on all the information that you need to gather from your parents. And one of the things that you can do if your parents are reluctant to tell you any details about their finances. And really, you know, your goal in having these conversations is to talk about financial issues, not so much the details. It doesn't matter how much they have in their bank account. You know, where do they bank? That's what you want to know. How are mm -hmm. the bills paid? That's what you want to know. Are they writing a check? Are they paid automatically? But one of the things that you can do if they're reluctant to tell you anything is to have them write it down for you. And I have on my website on CameronHuddleston.com, for people who buy the book, there is a free downloadable in case of emergency form that you can give to your parents. And it asks for all sorts of information about their finances, what sort of debt they have, what sort of real estate they have, what sort of retirement accounts they have, what do they own a cemetery plot already? What are their final wishes? You know, what do they want? I mean, it covers all the bases. That's you can amazing. print it out and give it to your parents and say, mom and dad, 
I understand you're uncomfortable talking about this, but if you can fill this out with as much information as possible, put it someplace safe, tell me where to access it in case there is an emergency, then you know what? We're good to go because I know that there is an accounting of all of your assets and what legal documents you have. I know where to find this and I will be able to help you if you need help. Just make sure that they do it. The yes. planner in me cringes a little bit because there's lots of great advice. There's lots of great things you can literally, you know, as a take the horse to water, but can't make them drink. Like it's the same thing. Like you're going to give it to them. You're going to lay it out. And if you're not going to talk with them and you trust that they get it done, you know, you got to have some follow-up. I, I wouldn't pressure them, but have some follow-up. Well, you could nag them a little bit like they nagged you when you were a kid. Like, did you clean well, your room? Did you clean your room? <laughs> Mom and dad, did you fill that out? Did you fill it out? Okay, please just fill it out, okay? (laughs) Yeah, I still think my mom would probably smack me over the head a few times if I bugged her that much, but uh, (laughs) that's funny. So how do they get this thing? If they buy the book, how do they go to your site and get it? So you just go to CameronHuddleston.com and there is a tab for resources and you click on it and you just click on download and there you go. You have to enter your email address, but that's all. Perfect. Okay. Well, that makes it even easier. So we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes at financialresidency.com as well. So in case if you forget hers and you're driving or running, then you know financial residency and you can find it there. Well, Cameron, when we're looking at your book and when you put everything together, I'm curious, what was like the most shocking thing you either learned or heard interviewing and talking with all these people as you were you know, writing the book? You know, I have to say there wasn't a whole lot that was shocking to me because I've seen so much personally. The primary reason I wrote this book is because my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's at the age of 65. I was only 35. I still, I mean, my children were still young. They're still young now, but they were really young. And I had this idea in my head that my mother was going to be there to help me take care of my kids. And suddenly I was in a position where I knew I was going to have to take care of my mother and I had not had conversations with her about her finances. And I look back and I think, what was wrong with me? You know, I'm, I'm a financial journalist. I have been for a very long time. I should have had these talks with my mother, but I didn't. I just didn't realize how important it was. And, you know, fortunately, as she was starting to have memory issues, I said, we need to go and meet with an attorney right away, update all your legal documents. And that is so essential. Not even the will. I mean, the will is important, but what's more important is power of attorney and the advanced directive, the healthcare power of attorney, because you have to be mentally competent to sign those documents. And and she was still competent enough at the time. And if she had not named me power of attorney, I would have had to go through the legal process to be named her conservator. It can be very lengthy. It can be very expensive. And basically you are putting your parent on trial. It's just something that no child should ever have to go through. No parent should ever have to go through. I'm grateful we got in and did that fast enough. But as I had to step in and start managing her finances, you know, I didn't know what she had. I didn't know what accounts she had. I had to figure everything out as she was losing her memory. And so she didn't know everything she had. There was an account of hers that almost was turned over as unclaimed property to the state. I didn't even know it existed an account with $50,000. Wow. And so I know, wow. And so, you know, fortunately, it was because we had moved 
and it was still being sent to the old address. And the previous owners <laughs> contacted me and said, we keep getting this mail for your mom because my mother had been living with us for a while. I find it, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this account, I didn't even know it existed. And so I was able to get access to it as her power of attorney. And and basically that helped pay for almost a whole year of care and assisted living. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's powerful. It's really powerful to look at that. You know, so there were just having gone through all of this with my mother, there wasn't a whole lot that surprised me. I think, and it doesn't surprise me, but it really saddens me that there are so many people out there who are so unwilling to talk to their children. I do have some examples in the book of people who really struggled to get through to their parents, but they did eventually. But there are people out there who just think it's none of their kids' business. And if your parent gives that sort of response to you, you want to gently say to them, but mom and dad, it is my business. It is my business if something happens to you and I need to step in and help take care of you. It is my business, you know, because I love you. I'm not trying to be nosy. You know, I don't care how much you have in your bank account. All I want to know is whether you have things in place that are going to allow me to help you. Maybe you have stock certificates in a shoebox under the bed, and I don't know about this. And when you die, they're going to get thrown away. Do you want that to happen? Maybe you don't want to name me as your power of attorney because you feel like you're giving up power. But if you don't name someone, then someone you don't want to be in charge of your finances could go through the legal process to become your conservator. You know, you are not giving up power you know, you're not giving up your independence. You're None of this is going to happen just by talking to me. You're making it easier for me to help you if you need that help. Yeah, I'm, I'm immediately thinking super age preference at this point, but like Jerry Maguire's help me help you. Let's have the conversation so we don't have to struggle later. Yes. Let's do it. So, well, tell us all about the books launching tomorrow, June 25th. And, you know, where can they find it and learn a little bit more about you and your background as well? So the book is going to be available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, my publisher. You can also get it on Wiley.com, or you can just simply go to my website, which is CameronHuddleston.com. And there are links on the website that take you right to where you can buy the book if you want to get it. I love it. Which I hope you do. I hope you do too. (laughs) It's a really good book. She was nice enough to send me pre-copy here so I could read through it um, and also see what kind of was said about me inside of it. So it's a great book. I love it. And I'm really excited to have uh, you on the show and to highlight the book. And I definitely think everyone listening here will be able to get a lot of value out of it. I hope so. And yes, as you alluded to, Ryan, he is in the book. I have a whole chapter dedicated to the step-by-step approach that he took with his mother. And it's so useful because you're actually seeing how someone did it. So thank you, Ryan, for helping me. Of course, of course. I, I, I think it's really important and it's one of those that I don't talk enough about it. So that's why I was so thankful that you'd like to be on the show and talk about it. Well, thank you again. And it's always a pleasure hanging out with you. Well, thank you. In our journal club, we're going to be discussing an article that was posted on the site datapoints.com titled Psychological Schemas and Spending, Children's Birthday Parties. In it, the author Sarah Falah, who's also the author of The Next Millionaire Next Door, 
discusses developing schemas based on an experience she, her husband, and their two-year-old had while attending a friend's toddler birthday party. And while describing the luxury, the top top tier bash for their little one, she realized that while observing the party through her own lens, she was developing a new schema for what would then affect how she would throw parties for her own daughter. And I quote, this first experience at a toddler's birthday created a schema for me that essentially a model of how this sort of event quote unquote works and the mental checklist that would be necessary to complete in order to create the right sort of experience. Subconsciously, I internalized the idea. And while she was creating her own quote-unquote mental checklist, she realized that not only did it affect her decision to throw a budget-friendly party, but it also realized that it helped her make calculated decisions based on her financial goals. And what I really like about this article is that she was pretty pointed about consumption behavior. And she says, and I quote, the learning exercise is to consider how we take this new experience and incorporate it into our own lives. In other words, unknowingly assuming that this is the model we need to apply to how we live our life. If we take this schema for what a child's birthday party should be and apply it to our own lifestyle, even if the cost of that party is not aligned with our financial goals. In my experience, I see and talk a ton about lifestyle inflation, the science behind spending, and creating cash flow plans. And maybe we took the thought a bit deeper, we'd realize that while the influences or schemas we create are affecting our own behavior, we can decidedly choose to do the opposite as it fits with our financial future. Sarah, thank you so much for showing us how to do it. You're amazing. I'll make sure to tag this on social so you all can read it as well. It's a great one. Well, many thanks to Cameron for being on the show, and I hope you enjoyed it along with our journal club. Here are the final four takeaways I'd like you to walk away with. The majority of adult children are not having conversations with their parents about their finances, which often leaves their families in a state of disarray when their parents are no longer here. There were a few important reasons why those conversations don't happen. Cameron said, Some of the key reasons are because they don't realize it's an important topic to discuss, or they're afraid to have the conversation, or they think that these conversations don't need to happen until your parent is already having health issues or already into retirement. Our second takeaway, having conversations with your parents while they're healthy helps you stand on solid ground when an emergency arises. You need to have these conversations sooner rather than later when your parents are in good health, ideally before they even retire, or at least when they're in their early retirement, when everyone is calm, when the conversation isn't rushed, when the conversation isn't necessary because an emergency is happening. Number three, sometimes the difficulty of having money conversations with your parents is built up by you. The key thing to remember is that there is a very good chance that you are building it up in your head to be something worse than it is actually going to be. You're telling yourself, oh my gosh, my parents, they think money is a taboo topic. There's no way they're ever going to discuss this with me. It is true that there will be some parents who will resist. And last, if you didn't realize it, your parents might already expect you to be involved in their finances 
or at least know what's going to happen. Your finances could be impacted. There was a survey that Fidelity did that found that a majority, an overwhelming majority of parents expect their children to be involved in their financial lives as they age, to be the executor of their will, to be their caregiver. But the thing is, they interviewed their children and most of the children did not realize that their parents had these expectations. So for our quick community update this week, I'm helping my buddy Joe Salcihai of the Stacking Benjamins podcast with his giveaway that includes a pretty awesome deal. At least I think so. Not only would he fly the lucky winner out to Detroit, yeah, Detroit, but he's given them a chance to hang out with the Stacking Benjamins crew, which would be a blast. So if you're not part of the physician finance community, that group on Facebook, please go find us and be sure to check out the Facebook live I did with Joe last weekend for all the details. Also, some more details on the meetup have been posted in our community as an email went out to our subscribers as well, talking about the financial residency meetup happening on July 14th. Go to financialresidency.com slash subscribe to get in on our email list so you don't miss out on any of the fun stuff that's coming out this summer. All right, I'm super pumped that you've decided to take some time out of your day to listen to me just yap about finances. Clearly, it is my passion, and I can be more than a little nerdy about it. But this information is for you, and I'm honestly just happy to be the messenger. And I'm honored to have you here with me, but I can't give you any specific advice on your financial situation through the show. So please consult an attorney, a CPA, or shoot, reach out to me, a fee-only financial planner, before you go and make any big money decision. Honestly, it's just the smart thing to do. Next week, we have a really fun show planned with a repeat guest, my friend Nick True from Mapped Out Money. He has an awesome YouTube channel. He is an amazing guest and a great friend. Definitely one you will not want to miss. Have a great rest of your week. See you on Friday.